one donor under the age of 36. Your donation at kboo.fm slash give provides access to KBOO, commercial-free programming that broadcasts the voices, conversations, and artistry of our community. To donate or to find more information, go to kboo.fm slash give. Support KBOO, where music makes the movement. This is KBOO Portland. Good morning. It's almost 10 o'clock and um, time for flashpoints. Don't forget the bike show comes up at 11. Stay tuned. Today on Flashpoints, we're proud to present the Electronic Intifada podcast with host Nora Barrows Friedman. All this straight ahead on Flashpoints. Stay tuned. You're listening to Flashpoints on Pacifica Radio. My name is Mike Biggs, in for Dennis Bernstein. On today's program, we're proud to present a new podcast by the Electronic Intifada with host Nora Barrows Friedman. Listen to this. This pushback and the suppression that we're facing is it's so clear that they're genuinely afraid that we can do something, that we can actually have some sort of momentum and, and shift the tide in the United States, at least, in support of Palestine. Uh, my advocacy for justice in for Palestine as part and parcel of the indivisibility of justice has been vindicated. The Electronic Intifada. The Electronic Intifada. The Electronic Intifada. This is the Electronic Intifada podcast. I'm Nora Barrows-Friedman, and you're listening to the Electronic Intifada podcast. Coming up a little later in the program, we'll hear from Professor Rabab Abdulhadi of San Francisco State University. She'll be talking about the final dismissal of a frivolous lawsuit brought by Israel lawfare strategists against her and the university over her Palestine research and criticisms of Israel. The suit was filed as part of a years-long targeted bullying campaign intended to censor and threaten professors and students who advocate for Palestinian rights. But first, we take a look at the recent National Students for Justice in Palestine conference, which was held at the University of California at Los Angeles, or UCLA. In the weeks leading up to the conference, student supporters of Palestinian rights had been facing multifaceted attacks and smear campaigns by university administrators, local city leadership, and anti-Palestinian groups. Los Angeles City Council members unanimously passed a resolution condemning the National Students for Justice in Palestine conference. The resolution openly accused members of Students for Justice in Palestine, or SJP, of holding anti-Semitic beliefs and called on the UCLA administration to shut down the event. Taking a page from an Israel advocacy playbook, Paul Koretz, the council member who brought the resolution forward, himself claimed that SJP members have advocated for violence against Jewish people and, in no casual terms, directly linked them to the bigotry that led to the massacre at the synagogue in Pittsburgh in October. A week before, in a bizarre and desperate attempt to derail the conference, the UCLA administration sent students a cease and desist letter claiming that their illustration of a bear on conference promotional materials violated the university's trademark. The Bruin bear is the university mascot. 
UCLA backed down on its cease and desist demands after receiving a letter from Palestine Legal and the American Civil Liberties Union on behalf of SJP. SJP stood firm in its rights to advertise its conference with a bear holding a Palestinian flag, but agreed to remove the word UCLA from its poster because the conference location was obvious. In an op-ed in the LA Times just before the conference began, UCLA's Chancellor Jean Block seemed to agree with the LA City Council's smears against SJP, but wrote that he would allow the conference to go on because he believes in free speech. Despite the blatant attempts to repress it, National Students for Justice in Palestine and the Palestinian Youth Movement say that more than 550 students, speakers, artists, and organizers, quote, attended the conference to learn about radical hope, resistance in the face of adversity, making it the largest student conference focused on the Palestinian struggle to date. The groups added that, quote, no matter how severe the opposition was, scores of attendees came and learned about the Palestinian plight, and that is something that no resolution, no administrative critique, and no disruption will ever be able to take away. Joining us to talk about the conference and the organizing by students to challenge the ongoing repression by Israel lobby groups, lawmakers, and university administrations is Aisha Khan of National Students for Justice in Palestine. Aisha, thank you so much for being with us on the Electronic Intifada podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. There's so much to cover about the National SJP conference. It happened more than a week ago. Uh, this, year's, this year's theme was Radical Hope, Resistance in the Face of Adversity. In the joint statement that came out this week, National SJP and the Palestinian Youth Movement say that uh, the resistance to that adversity is certainly about the wider Palestinian struggle for freedom, but it also applies to what students faced when trying just to put this conference on. Um, can you talk about the situation right now for students organizing for Palestinian rights on campuses in the U.S. and what you've been facing in terms of Zionist groups, university administrators, and even uh, the local city council members who are all we're all trying to shut this this movement and this conference down? Yeah, I think um, we've kind of faced backlash for a long time, but this time around with NSJP coming to Los Angeles, um, we had a particularly intense series of, of, of backlash and, and events that, that basically made it clear to us that um, the, you, not just university administrators, but, but elected official representatives um, that are supposed to represent their constituents um, are spreading very dangerous uh, Islamophobic anti-Arab tropes about, about what SJP is. Um, we never got approached once by anybody um, that wrote about us, whether it was LA City Council member Paul Koretz, um, Brad Sherman, um, other other elected representatives, or Gene Block himself, who wrote an op-ed for the LA Times um, that was also pretty inflammatory, where he made assumptions about what SJP does and basically said that he would just like to hold a conference to um, just tolerate and preserve the marketplace of ideas, even though um, we're very clear in that we challenge all forms of bigotry, including anti-Semitism, and propo- uh, pr- promote justice and equality for, for everybody without any exceptions. Um, it was just, um, you know, we've, we've been attacked frequently, but we were very misre- misrepresented um, by the by the UCLA administration, um, even in their cease and desist letter, when they tried to imply that us using a kite um, on, on top of the bear with the dove somehow and could imply an endorsement of violence, which I think um, is kind of the reason we, we wrote our statement with PYM, because it was so important for us to actually talk about all of these things that happened surrounding the conference. And we were so focused on trying to put the conference on that we were just 
in crisis mode the entire time. Like, you know, we would shut down one fire where we would respond to cease and desist letter and then that ended up working out thanks to Pal Legal and ACLU. And then the next thing we know, we have this LA City Council resolution and then Dream Block. And then at the time we were just in survival mode and we just tried to do whatever we could to keep the conference going and to make sure students on campus feel safe and secure. Uh, mostly because we did have a very aggressive counter protest at the conference um, that was organized by a lot of off-campus groups that weren't students actually that have a documented history of assaulting students on campus so we were more concerned about security and safety more than anything else um, but I think now that the dust has settled from the conference we kind of have time to process how truly horrific all of the coverage around the conference was where NSJP was never approached about what we do and who we are. And this is by, you know, administrators and actual representatives who are supposed to have our best interests in mind and protect students, whether it's just UCLA students, um, and that didn't happen. And to look at how problematic it is for elected representatives to casually say that, oh, they might be plotting terrorism. Uh, just, just sentences like that that were so casually published in, in the LA Times, the Daily Bruin, um, by congressmen. And I think it's really important to actually hit at how problematic and how dangerous that could be for the safety of, of students who are just social justice organizers trying to do something good. Aisha, let's talk a little bit more in detail about the LA City Council resolution. Um, can you talk about what it said, uh, the thrust of it, and how students are responding and organizing against it? Yeah, so I mean, the, the gist of the resolution was that, that SJP is inherently, like you said, tied to anti-Semitism across the United States and given that there's a steep rise of a very real threat of anti-Semitism and, and violence against the Jewish community that somehow that is all propagated by SJP and that is the focus of our work and therefore um, it, that the conference should be banned and UCLA should not allow this to happen because it's it, we are imposing violence and physical threat to the Jewish community at UCLA and broader Los Angeles and I think that was just ridiculous I mean and, and it was the resolution that was passed um, unanimously brought to the table by Paul Karatz, but not once were we approached ever uh, about what is this conference about, even to ask us um, what we're going to do and what we're, what we're doing, who, we're, who we are, and all that information is publicly available. And it's very obvious the work we've done um, over the past few years, um, you know, hand in hand with our Jewish uh, organizations that, are, that we're allied with, like Jewish Worship Peace, um, to do the work that we need to do to mobilize actively against all forms of bigotry. And I think that was just completely dismissed. Um, but I think now we kind of took um, we kind of took that and and just basically tried to focus all of our energy on making sure that we are in fact actively in solidarity, in tangible solidarity with the Jewish community. Because regardless of what people say about our organization, it was important to us that we're actually mobilizing for the community. Um, so I think. A beautiful part of this conference was that we had a Jewish caucus, so we've had identity caucuses before, um, but we had a pretty massive Jewish caucus time around that was led by Jewish Force for Peace, and they were actually really integral in pretty much uh, leading and organizing our security at the conference to make sure that students feel safe and aren't harassed and um, aren't, uh, I mean, they ultimately did get end up getting verbally harassed at least by all the kind of protesters, but they had, they were meticulous in helping us organize the conference and making sure our students feel safe. So I think we kind of responded to that city council resolution by one, ignoring it, and two, making sure that we are, you know, we our, our relationship with our allies is stronger than ever. 
Uh, you mentioned that that there were uh, counter protesters performing, you know, this manufactured outrage at the conference. Um, these kinds of so-called protests are organized, as you mentioned, by right wing, heavily financed Israel lobby groups, usually off campus ones uh, that are bent on spying on, harassing and slandering student supporters of Palestinian rights. Yeah. And if you mm -hmm. watch the Lobby USA, the censored Al Jazeera documentary on the lobby that the Electronic Intifada helped to publish, we saw how these kinds of protests are orchestrated by these outside groups. Can you talk about the protests uh, that that uh, that were organized yeah. outside the conference <laughs> and, and if they were able to scare students away? Yeah, I mean, it was honestly, it was quite terrifying. And the problem started uh, even before the conference. So uh, a couple of groups on, on, on that arrived onto campus, reservists on duty and Yazimin, and these are, like you said, um, right wing, you know, really powerfully backed up in terms of in terms of the kind of political power they have and lobbying power they have. Um, and they just come, I mean, they have one purpose. And I, I'm a graduate of UCLA as well. So I was a part of um, the organization there, UCLA's JP. So um, I was able to kind of see what they do and what their MO is from like from a while back. Um, and a big part of what they do is they come onto campus and they disrupt student events. They make students feel safe and nobody wants to be part of events where people are, you know, yelling and, and there's a lot of emotion or, or whatever going on. So their their single MO is to come and make sure that they somehow get the environment to be as aggressive as possible. Um, and I think that's kind of their aim <clears throat> with what happened at the conference. But before the conference, they ended up coming to campus where there was a protest um, against anti-Semitism, which was essentially conflated to be a protest against NSGP. And they ended up assaulting, physically assaulting, visibly Muslim women, um, UCLA students from uh, the Muslim Student Association at UCLA. And that's kind of when we started getting worried because it was, it was like, I think, I want to say like three or four days before the conference. And it was a really big deal. Um, someone was basically like hit and spit on and um, and assaulted, and we knew that they were prominent organizers of the counter protest. Um, and I think that was made very clear to us as well. And I think we wanted to really, really make sure our students don't feel like they can't be safe on campus, even though we have all of the security protocols and stuff in place. So, <clears throat> really, what ended up happening was. You know, we had over 500 students on campus, and if you put everybody together at the conference, you know, all of the organizers, even some of the older movement, um, movement members, we would probably have around like 600 people at the conference, and all of these people at points had to move between buildings. So every time we were moving, it was kind of like The Walking Dead, where, where we would be surrounded by these protesters that were extremely aggressive, and all these our students were trying to do is from get, to, from, get from one building to the other, and they were just walking. And um, that's all we were trying to do, just get from one workshop to the other. And the crowd of protesters would throw things, scream extremely vile things that, that we kind of talked about in our statement. Um, really, really dangerous, incredibly racist, Islamophobic remarks. All of their sign boards pretty much read, terrorists or, or these students are terrorists, SJP is full of terrorists, something like that. Um, and then I actually was on the perimeter, so NSGP steering made sure that we were on the perimeter and trying to protect the students, and I got spit on by, by one of the, by a group of the protesters. I also saw, like, other elected representatives there. We saw Paul Karras there. So they were actively part of this counter-protest, and it, it ended up being wow. really vile and, and, and really threatening and really dangerous. And our students, I mean, all we were trying to do is just get, get from one building to the other. Um, and at the end, what ended up also happening is two, uh, two or three, I, I believe three or four actually, um, members of that counter protest that were from, not necessarily from 
uh, from UCLA, but they were from off-campus um, Zionist student organizations, SSI, Student Supporting Israel, that somehow just got into the conference, um, into a closed space, into a closed safe space that was supposed to be for our students, started filming us. They got up on stage and started filming students, and we know how dangerous that is because students, you know, there, there's blacklists out there that make um, make it so hard for students who are supporting Palestine to organize because it's you know we're, it, it trails us everywhere all this false information trails us everywhere um, and they smear us and they they make <laughs> they make accusations about who we are and what we do post a lot of our private information online so now there was there were these students that barged in and just filmed students and I think students were extremely terrified and scared that their faces were going to be plastered over the internet. And I, this is a very real threat, and it's happened last year at the conference, which is why we were so big on security. We found uh, wiretaps under chairs in workshops. Um, and I mean, we're just students. We don't have you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars to have high-tech security to make sure um, everything's clean and everything's secure. So we just kind of do our best. We make sure the rooms are secure. But we discovered at the last year's conference that some of the workshop rooms 